Open up, Danny. Open the door. Who is it? It's your boy, Laqueef. Open the door. I don't know no damn Laqueef. Okay, listen, listen. I gotta get in your house, because all these damn daredevils and the Jessica Joneses and this big black guy with impenetrable skin and then this guy with a glowing hand is outside and they're blowing up my car. You cannot, you cannot come in. After that, no, you cannot come in. Do what Jessica Jack Rabbit and the other fuckers would say. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a great show. Welcome back to A Little Bit of Nerd, your recreation destination for all things nerdy. As usual, I'm your host, Jalen Holston, and today I would like to officially announce and introduce a man taking up the mantle of co-host of A Little Bit of Nerd, Mr. Stephen Bilkey. Round of applause. Round of applause, everyone. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes, yes. I am honored. I am also honored to be having you back on the show today as the official co-host of A Little Bit of Nerd, Podcast. You know I love the show, and you. You have a little. Oh, my heart. Oh. It just says JH on it. Oh shucks. <laughs> so in this episode, we're gonna break down the top comic book stories that have impacted your life, as well as give you a little bit of a peek and preview of that new Defenders that's coming on to Netflix uh, tomorrow, or possibly Thursday this or this Thursday uh, at midnight tonight. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to break it down. And, and for this episode, Mr. Bilkey, we actually called in a very special guest of ours, uh, the Kyle Mack. Um, yes. Excellent. Yes, he's a very good friend of mine. Uh, we met through Periscope, and, and he's a huge time nerd as well. So we actually did a little interview. So we're, we're going to cut to that real quick, and then we'll see you back here in, like, a second. All right, guys, today we got a little bit of a special guest coming in for this episode on A Little Bit of Nerd, the Kyle Mack. Kyle, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. How about you and yourself? How about yourself? I'm doing uh, fantastic. So uh, Kyle's going to give us his comic book stories that changed his life. A uh, little to be known uh, from this amazing, amazing guy. He is a huge comic book nerd, uh, as almost as much as myself. So Kyle, I'm interested to hear our, what are some comic book stories that impacted you a lot um, being a comic fan growing up? So absolutely, I'm a comic book fan always pretty much have been. I can remember receiving uh, comic books for gifts when I was a little kid for Christmas and birthdays and things like that. Uh, the one that, that really uh, kind of changed my perspective or things that, that I really enjoyed were uh, one of the first ones was the uh, crisis on infinite earths. Um, and that was uh, back in the, uh, about 1985, I believe, or uh, back to 1986. Um, and that was where that they actually killed Barry Allen and uh, Supergirl. And um, by doing that, uh, DC Comics made a statement that they would never, ever bring Barry Allen back. So for the last, you know, 25-ish years or so, um, they have been stuck to their guns. Uh, you know, that they were not going to bring certain characters back. They did that Barry Allen was a forgotten memory. They replaced him with Wally West who took up, you know, the mantle of being the Flash uh, and all that, and, and uh, they stuck to it. Uh, and I was amazed. I was shocked. I was, he was one of my favorites, if not my favorite character. And so, you know, when you experience something like that, especially 
going to name the second. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but, oh, no, why would they do this to me? You know, and so I can remember feeling that way and then, then hearing that they'll never, ever bring it back again. You know, and I'm like, wow, that's just wrong. And so throughout the years, of course, they have teased, you know, many times in secret that when uh, things come up that, that he's going to return. And so they uh, actually uh, brought him back uh, about four years ago now. Uh, and slash the rebirth. So that also changed me too because I, I thought, you know what, if, if they can do that and bring him back, be successful at it, and that means that all other characters that have died off too do have a chance of coming back and being revived. So that's probably one that impacted me uh, the earliest of any. Excellent, man. Excellent. Yeah, I. You know, I'm I'm obviously a lot younger, um, but um, the yeah the Crisis on Infinite Earths thing, whenever DC did it, uh, for those of you that don't know, it was basically them trying to uh, simplify their comic book line because at the time in the '80s they had all these uh, multi Earths and multiple galaxies, multiple realities, and multi simultaneous Earths with all these different continuity issues. So they decided to basically get rid of them with a hard reboot of their comic book storyline, and then we got the fantastic run of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth. And yes, they did kill Barry Allen. That was one of the, obviously, the biggest impact, I think, for a lot of people um, in that time as well. And I, I also love The Flash and that entire storyline of, uh, of characters that, that came through in that time. Uh, do you have any other uh, comic book stories that just impacted you and changed your perspective on things? Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple. So, so the one that, that uh, actually sticks out in my mind, too, that I thought was very amazing was actually um, right here. Uh, it's the uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and it's uh, issue number 36. And what it is is uh, it's, it, all it says at the top is all black, black cover, and it says Marvel Comics, and it has in white stitching the Amazing Spider-Man. 36. And what that is was that was the comic that was released right after 9-11. And it was the first time that a, a comic book had actually stepped out and broken the fourth wall, if you will. Uh, this is way before Deadpool and all that, you know. It actually stepped out and actually addressed, you know, and showed Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man up on the uh, Yeah. 
Yes, that is actually amongst uh, Spider-Man comic books. That is one of my my favorite issues because, again, you <clears throat> as you pointed out, you know, during that time, comic books had kind of been a soft medium for political discussion and things of that nature with Captain America and uh, the Winter Soldier storyline back in you know the you know the golden age of comics. But then when it was a risky move for Marvel because I don't think they've ever dealt with an issue that was so new and so relevant that they had to, you know, kind of makeshift make this issue. And for them to, to adjust their schedules and actually put out this book in the time that they did and have it be so good, it, it's really amazing. If you haven't read Amazing Spider-Man number 36, please, please go find it. It takes you back to the time that our country as a, as a whole was just grieving over this terrible, terrible thing that happened. It just it impacted, I think, everybody, almost. Yes, absolutely it did. And it just, you know, and, and the issue showed solidarity. It showed, you know, how people can come together and all that, and, and it tied it in a good way. And it wasn't doing it as a marketing tool. I didn't feel that it was something that was being charged, you know, to be able to just get sales or anything. I really believe that the company or the people that wrote it and, and drew it uh, that they that really intended to have it to be kind of a honor thing, be something that honored the, you know, a tragedy that happened. Because obviously the comics go around the world. It's not just you know sold strictly in America. You know they're they're sold everywhere. So, but but it meant a lot being an American too. You know that 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 time to see you know uh, the comic book industry actually step in and do that. So yeah, yeah I, really... I, I agree with you. I really like that you pointed out that it wasn't just a cash grab because so much of comics right now is, oh, we have a new show coming out, so we're just going to bust out an issue real quick, or we're going to bust out a mini series that goes along with what's happening on TV and et cetera. So I, I completely agree with you that for this for this particular book when it came out and the time that it came out, a lot of people could have viewed it as a cash grab for Marvel, but because of how well it was written and, again, how well the illustration was, the panel layouts, the story flow in it, there's, you don't get that feeling of they were just trying to capitalize on a terrible tragedy. I, it really felt right. like Marvel was stepping out and saying, hey, we care you know, about New York, which is a, an essential part of Peter Parker for his story. To, ha- to see it from his perspective out of all the Marvel characters, to me, was right. genius. Genius. So, yeah. Um, so what's another one that you had on your, on your list that you want to talk about? So uh, there's actually about four or five in, in the vein of this, but I always, and, I, and from the time that I can remember, I have always loved seeing when the Flash races Superman. I don't know why. I just think it's, it's you know, two of the people that tout to be, you know, sort of the fastest, you know, fastest beings ever, you know. And, uh, you know, like, I don't consider Quicksilver or anything like that to be even in a league with somebody no. like Flash. No so, way. But the next best, I would say, you know, would be Superman. So, I, you know, even back in the 60s and the uh, 70s, pretty much every decade, there's been a race. So the boot is in four or five races against each other. And uh, both of them, I think all four, I think they, two, Barry won, two, uh, Superman won. And they, sometimes they were for charity or stuff like that, and they would get the money to and Other times it was to you know, eliminate a threat or something like that. But, so my favorite comic book moment of all time that nobody's ever asked me something that I'm delighted to tell you about is uh, it's in Flash Rebirth. Uh, it's in uh, 
issue number two. And uh, they are, Barry has just returned, uh, like you said, from uh, being gone in the speed force, which is where he went uh, when crisis on infinite earths, when he died. Uh, he, he just came back and everybody was trying to talk to him. But he was actually chasing uh, death at the time. Uh, trying to basically stop that from doing some other things that were going on, you know, too big to elaborate. But uh, so he, the Justice League show up, Superman, the Justice League show up, and a flash is, I gotta go, I, I, I can't explain, but I need to take off. So he takes off running. And so uh, Superman says, you know, chill out, guys, I got this. I, I'm, a, I'm a running down. So you see Superman take off after him flying. And so he catches, starts kind of catching up to him, and Barry is telling him, the Flash says, you know, back off, man, Clark, leave me alone, Clark, back off, Clark, you know, Clark, stop, you know, quit doing this. And so Superman, very glibly, says, uh, you know, uh, Barry, I have beat you twice. And he, it, it shows him a positive moment of, a, you know, one panel, and then the next panel has him looking back, and he says, Clark, you got to remember, that was just for charity. <laughs> and he just takes, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, and it just leads him in the stuff. But it, it, was, it was just a, it was the perfect moment for him to look back, you know, because Superman here, you got Clark Kent going, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, got him and Kal-El going, you know, hey, we, we, I beat you twice, you know, don't act like I can't catch you if I want. And then you got, you know, Barry trying to go on and keep it real and being, you know, saying like, listen, I've been that was for charity. You know I was messing with you. You have to. And then they stop and Clark and I'm out. I'm okay. And then, you know, so it's just one of those moments that always sticks out in my mind. I just laugh when I when I hear it, you know. I'm just a nerd like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So, I completely understand. That is also one of my favorite Flash moments for sure because it just shows you the not only like the power of the Flash, but it just shows you how you know how witty he is, and that's what you love about him, uh, especially the later versions of Barry Allen. Because you know, if you read the the Golden Age Flash stuff, he's kind of this always do the right thing guy, and then towards you know the Silver Age stuff before they went into Crisis on Infinite Earths, they kind of finally put some character into Barry, and that's one of those issues where you get to see a little bit more of the witty humor that we're used to from the, the TV show um, and, and things of that nature. So I completely agree. I, I love that uh, that that story. What's the next one, man? Uh, so uh, so uh, I've been talking a whole bunch about DC, but uh, I think that uh, over at Marvel, they're doing... Uh, so I'm going to say that one of my... Uh, least favorite maybe if that's okay or or the least thing that i'm that i'm not really getting into is over there in marvel right now they are they have actually switched a whole lot of stuff up like for instance they've taken thor and made her uh, you know made thor into jane foster so thor you know is a woman now yeah yeah they're uh, doing they a whole taken, it's their uh Rogers, America made him an agent of Hydra. Right, They've, uh, right. you know, replaced all these, these really, really, you know, uh, real upfront, Trinity-ish type characters that we all know and love and taking them down a notch, you know, and, and I feel like they're just doing it in 
love, don't get me wrong, I, I love you know, comic books, but, you know, bring back Wolverine. Wolverine was dead, <laughs> and you know what? I don't think it's been the same since that happened. And I think that they're doing things just to, for shock value, you know, but it's not, not really pulling it off that well. So I agree, uh, and but, I think it's interesting that you brought up the, you know, the current, you know, comic book market with DC and Marvel. And Marvel is very, you know, very much trying to get into the whole, let's try to put as many books out and try to change it up as much because everybody loves as collectors, as a collector, you know, that whenever you put out a new number one, people are going to run to the shelves and just grab it because they don't know what's going to be worth someday. I'm not as opposed to what they're doing over at Marvel. I think they need to kind of ring it in a little bit. They have almost like 150 like mainstream titles and that's not including their like side titles that they, or their mini series that they put out. So I think if they right. just, if they would just cut the books back down, if they're going to do the all new, all different stuff, I think that's fine. But we need to kind of focus in and maybe do less. Like you keep your your mainstay Spider Man books and your mainstay Captain America books and whatnot, and then we need to get X Men back to being X Men instead of doing two books just to sell more copies and things of that nature. Yeah. But that's a that's a that's a whole nother that's that could be a whole nother show. I swear. But um, but yeah, I I, I tend to agree yeah. with you on that one. Um, so yeah. any last, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was like any, any last, uh, comic books that you wanted to mention on your, uh, on your Absolutely. list there? So, um, the, the very first comic book that I ever purchased myself was, uh, X-Men number 19. Uh, and that is the actual original X-Men that was in, I believe, 1963. Um, and it was the first. Uh, introduction of Mimic. Mimic. So, yeah. uh, for people that don't know who Mimic is, Mimic is one of the um, first mutants that uh, in the Marvel universe that could uh, actually uh, take someone and uh, take their powers on. And he, and he didn't have to do just one at a time. So he, uh, so basically in this issue, he took the ability to uh, shoot lasers out of his eyes. He grew uh, wings. He grew uh, uh, the ability to be able to uh, throw snow, or, you know, ice, whatever, for Iceland, and, and use telepathy. Uh, and, it, and, and I thought it was a brilliant character. I thought it was a really wonderful character, and they threw it away. Uh, he had one more appearance about five issues later, and then he was gone. And then all of a sudden, about 20, about 15 years ago or so, uh, they started a book called Exiles, and it was uh, about Blink. We can get into that later, the age of apocalypse whole thing. But it was a character named Blink that uh, basically was stuck in basically all of these other heroes around her from different timelines. They would be dropped in to different Earths, different timelines, to be able to correct it until they could get back to their own Earth. And here comes back in Mimic. And he still has the same powers to be able to do everything, but now he's like a leading man. So it was very cool for me to be able to see, to be able to own, you know, for one thing, you know, a very uh, expensive comic book and a very uh, expensive comic book, one that, that, that's uh, very cool to read and look at. Um, but also to see it years later, too, and have that character and me be able to go, that's not a new character. That's been around for, you know, 40 years now. <laughs> yep. So, it, you know, it was an awesome thing to be able to see, you know, your childhood come back up again and, you know, be able to say, wow. And then, of course, 
course, I ran to, you know, the internet was started Google. Okay, what is my what is my common word? You know, what is the word? Maybe first, you know, twenty million or something. You know, yeah. Yeah. So that's you know, like I said, you know, those are my top, you know, four or five things that that uh, man, I just geek out about. I, I'm proud to be a nerd, and you know, I am who I am. Good nerd and proud. Uh, Kyle, yeah. I, I know the two of us got together on an app called Periscope. Where can people find you on there and other parts of the internet if they are so inclined to maybe talk about some of these issues with you? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. I, I'm always up for a talk. I'm always up for helping people. I'm always up for just chit-chat. So uh, you can find me every night about uh, 11 to 12, uh, and that is uh, p.m. on uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, and I, that's on Periscope. And uh, if you want to, you can download the app. And my screen name is very simple. It's at the, that's T-H-E-K-Y-L-E-M-A-C. That's the Kyle Mack. So you can find that on Periscope. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's the same thing on Twitter. So it's at the Kyle Mack on Twitter. And then I have a website, thekylemack.org. Always a little bit of reach out with me. There's as many platforms. So, I broadcast every night about three hours or so, and uh, I would love to um, hear some feedback. I'd love for you to come in if you want to talk in. We have a little family that goes on there, and you know what? Yeah, everybody's welcome. Fantastic, man. Uh, Thank you very, very much for taking some time out and and having this nerdy, sweaty conversation with me, man. I'm looking forward to doing (laughs) it again soon, so yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I appreciate you having me on, man. And I appreciate you having me as a guest, definitely. I would love to come back sometime. All right. Thank you very much. You bet. All right, and welcome back. Kyle is so great, and I'm so thankful that he was able to uh, hook up with us and and, uh, do that that interview. It was really nice and fluid. So, the top comic book stories that changed our lives, Mr. Bilkey. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go through my stories first, and then uh, you can do yours if you would so inclined. I would love to. Excellent. Excellent. All right, guys. So here's the thing. I'm going to go probably like worst to first, if that makes any sense with my comic book stories. The first one out of the gate is the Civil War tie-in issues to Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm talking the 616 Amazing Spider-Man before everything got re-jumbled with Peter Parker in that universe. It's a great story. You get to see the drama of, of Peter trying to trying to deal with his, his life and Aunt May almost gets shot or whatever. And it's just, oh, God, it was so, so great. It was uh, it was written by J. Straczynski? J. Michael Straczynski? Yes, I believe. Straczynski? And Stanley, And it was illustrated by Ron Garney. So that's a great read, Bilkia. I think you would quite enjoy it, of course, because it's it's your boy. It's Peter Parker. It's Peter Parker, my favorite superhero ever. <laughs> yes. My number three, uh, as far as my top comic books that changed my life, is uh, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For by Frank Miller. I have not read Sin City either. Not any. Yeah, no, I have failed to pick up any Sin City ever in my life. You are disqualified oh, from life. I just failed. Someone? 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 <laughs> yes. Um, but Sim City, Sim City, a Dame to Kill For, I, I, you know, I'd seen the first movie by Frank Miller. It was when I read this book that I'd always liked comic books. 
growing up, and I'd always liked getting into these stories and these universes where people do these fantastic things and whatnot. But this was like, it was so real, and there's just this sensitivity, and I didn't know you could write comic books with such a deep, overarching narrative on top of all the paneling that's going on. So, like, I think it's very Frank Miller. I mean, you've seen the first movie, if you want to talk about, like, that kind of style. What, what appealed to you about that, at least, from, from what you gathered from just the film alone, which is basically a chopper-shot make of the book, if you've seen either of those movies? I haven't seen the Sin City movie. Oh, come saying. on. I know it's bad, but I have actually... I've been meaning to watch it. I have them upstairs. It's all right. <laughs> I'll watch it for you now. <laughs> Just leave right now, and we'll continue on. Later. On the next week's pod, I'll come back and give you my little... Hell yes. You. you better. You <laughs> had I better. You to drive. <laughs> it's fine, dude. It's fine. God. Uh, my number two, and if you know me personally at all, you know that this is probably not going to be that much a surprise that's number two. Maybe it would be a surprise that's number two for you, but uh, Smallville Season 11, that entire run that DC did after the show went off the air, we finally get to see the Clark that we've been watching on TV for 10 years be the Man of Steel, and you get like their version of Batman, which is super awesome. You get their version of, of uh, Kara, which is, or not Kara, but um, uh, the Green Lantern Corps is in there. And you get uh, Impulse back, Bart Allen. It's super great. Uh, it was written by Brian Q. Miller, who was one of the show writers as well. He just kind of hopped off of that and said, I'm going to write a comic book out of the next season. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really great. And the way it's illustrated, it, it's very. there's a lot of wide-angle panels, so it just feels like you're watching another season of Smallville, man, right. minus the amazing intro by Remy Kinnick. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and it was illustrated by various artists and such that nature because it went on for I think like a year and a half was the total run because they did seven volumes so right. monthly issues you can you can do you guys can do the math whatever math is amazing and now that's the comic book story that just tore my life apart in the best way. Let me hear it. It is a Miles Morales Spider-Man story, of Excellent. course. You know, you know, <laughs> it is his Civil War tie-in issues. And it's the it's uh, specifically it's issues eight through ten, and there's one issue in particular. Now, Bilky, I have never wept reading comic book panels, but in this particular issue, I had a tear in my eye. There was moisture formulating out of my retinas through my tear ducts. <laughs> I could not put this book down. I had to take a well. I lied. I had to take a break to get some tissues, All and right. then I came back to the book and kept reading it. It was so well drawn by uh, Sarah Pacelli and Brian Michael Bendis, the God Himself. The way that he wrote the narrative and the way the dialogue was going with Miles, it's it's phenomenal. If you haven't read it, I know Civil War Two wasn't the greatest crossover because they did the same thing <laughs> as the. It's fine. God, Marvel. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls, but I, I'm telling you, this the tie-in issue is because it's Brian Michael Bendis writing. It's it's so, so good. So good. I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. And we have a little shout-out from our Google Plus communities. Princess Bunny decided to give us a shout-out on there on, on her favorite comic book stories of all time. She said she read The Powder or the Powerpuff Girls. I didn't Excellent. know that was a comic series, but apparently it's good. And I enjoyed The Powerpuff Girls whenever I was growing up as a 
young heathen watching Cartoon Network. How about you, Bilky? Uh, I have a buttercup uh, little silver figure upstairs. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to lie. Yes. Yes, thank you for that shout out. Yes. That's amazing. I'm glad that we got some, uh, some other crowd participants. Just, a, just a bit. It's coming. It's coming slowly but surely. Put the clout in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Now, Bilky, you you have one story in particular that you found rather amazing as as a growing up heathen of comic book nerdum. Which which yeah. was that? Be I have a couple books. You asked me to think of some, and I really struggled with it because I don't know. I I leave most of the comic book guru knowledge to you, and I yes. have my other niches that I fall into. Yes. But my dad, when I was younger, struggled to get me to read. I, I could read well, but right. that's not very interesting. <laughs> and so the way he got me into it was buying the Archie comics. Yes. So I yes. love reading Archie comics. I have hundreds of them, and that really got me into what comics could be and what other types of reading could be. Mm. Because for, at that point in time, it was all just read out of this textbook or read whatever the teacher tells you to read in light of like your... Pythagorean theorem. Exactly. <laughs> Math and things. Mm, love it. So I really enjoyed that, and he also got me a very thick book, which contains pretty much every story that Spider-Man had against the Sinister Villain. Oh. Just mash it into one. Yes. So that, yes. that my, yeah. Spider-Man is my favorite uh, hero, thanks to my dad. Because it's his favorite, he introduced me to it, and I got to learn about him on my own rather than my dad just telling me, this is the best hero <laughs> ever said so. Yes. And so that was cool. And, you know, I got a couple other books upstairs. I have a Deadpool number one. Of, that I dude, have, come on. Yeah, I, that's a, I know. I that's an easy one, baby. I haven't showed you that yet. That's but, all right. Yeah, I think that might be it for me. I just, little tiny books that changed my life for different reasons. You'll get there, baby. But that's what—that's the beauty of it because there's such a vast array of comics. Like I told you the other day, you know, I'm not really a Western guy as far as like what I absorb, but the, uh, the story I told you about, The Sixth Gun, that is an amazing book, and right. for some people, that's like their niche is they always read Western comics. There's space opera comics. There's crime drama comics where it's literally just widescreen shots, and people just read the dialogue because the writing is really good. There's comics for everybody, everybody. Get out there and get some. Get some reading in. Get some reading in. All right. Now, on to the Defenders, Bilky. Ooh. Before we begin, viewers, this is for you. There's going to be a little bit of a pop quiz here on a little bit of nerd. And it's going to change the way you see the Defenders. Do you know, Mr. Bilkey, who the original members of the Defenders were? Yes. Who are I they? I believe so. I know the first one is Dr. Stephen Strange. You are correct. Because my name is Stephen, and I always had a liking for him. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to remember you, sir. You seem very special. Yes. And I believe the other members were the Hulk, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. And then... The other two, one of them was friends with the Fantastic Four. I think he goes by the Silver Surfer. Correct. And then the last founding member, I believe, was an Atlantean. Kind of. Kind of. What was it? <laughs> I know he's an aquatic foe fellow. His name was Namor. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the lame Aquaman. Yes. I ugh, don't talk bad about Aquaman. I this is a I, PSA I, for all of you listening. <laughs> do not speak bad upon. Listen, I was giving him a compliment by calling him the lame Aquaman because that's basically what Namor is. I don't, I don't mean to offend any Namor fans, but seriously though, like, where's Namor's movie with Jason Momoa? 
not not happening. That's where it is. Will never happen. Yes. So it's very different from the Defenders TV series that we're getting right now. Uh, the team that's presented to us by Netflix has actually never been the Defenders in in comic book continuity. There's a series out now, but it's because Marvel's just like, oh hey, we have a show coming, so we might as well make a comic book series. But right. this was the core four. They went on some freaking weird, acid-trippy 60s comics adventures that I'm not even going to get into because it's so confusing. <laughs> but, yeah, those were the four core members of the Defenders before we got to where we are now with the TV show. So, in getting there, we're going to give you a little bit of a preview and catch you guys up in case you don't have hours of the day to be nerds like we do. <laughs> and you want to just jump into the Defenders and not have to worry about anything. So we'll go through each one. And we'll start with Daredevil. Uh, we're coming off of Daredevil saving Hell's Kitchen from The Punisher and The Hand, which is very, very key. Bilky, can you give a, a brief overview of who The Hand is, kind of, for the general audience member who's just like, I, I don't know about these superhero guys, you know? I just I don't know. I don't. What are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, real quick, for a good way to describe The Hand, is it's an underground organization and... You never know who is really at the top of the hand, but there always seems to be like mini bosses almost. Seriously. So if you watched Iron Fist and listened to the review we did, there's an elderly woman who for a long time Danny and his friends thought was a higher up in the hand and was maybe actually running the hand. Yes. They cut off that part, that finger, let's say, mm -hmm. and then little do they know there's another finger just in it. It's almost like a Hydra. Yes, it is very similar to Hydra, but ninjas. <laughs> Basically. Very advanced, basically immortal ninjas. That's, mm -hmm. that's what they are. So then we're going to get into Jessica Jones. And really, there's not much to touch on with Jessica Jones because her story was very linear. It was very, very good. I'm not trying to discredit the, the show. It was very, very good. Very the well series done. was amazing. But it's very kind of linear. She's, you know, She took out uh, Kilgrave, Purple Man, and now she's just kind of doing her detective thing. And she's you know staying heavy with the boozing. She's a whiskey gal, which means she's on my shortlist call anytime. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where she is uh, on Jessica Jones. What, what do you think is a, a good, an essential episode of Jessica Jones, if you had to pick one from your memory? I know it was a while ago when we watched Jessica Jones, but... I think that I was mean, you and Kenny. I only watched in for maybe parts of episodes. I thought <laughs> it was very cool. Yes. Don't get me wrong. So, to be honest, we might have to... We have to edit in oh, later. maybe. Maybe we could. Waiting the opinions of uh, the Caruso brothers. Maybe. I think, if you think you can watch the finale of that one, you should be good. My, I think that you'd probably be all right. You can just read the synopsis That's of the episodes so far, more than likely. Uh, let's get into Luke Cage. So Luke Love Cage, it. at the end of the show, was incarcerated. He was in prison. He saved Harlem from Diamondback. And uh, the, who's, who's the other one? Blanking right now. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. You guys watch the show. You guys probably know who the other villain is. But there's two villains. Diamondback's the brother that is jealous, and he had the weird armored suit that didn't make any sense, kind of, at all. And then just. It's, it's Marvel TV. Just let, it, just let it ride. Uh, I think it was Copperhead was the other one. Or something with snakes. It was a very snake heavy title of the gangsters <laughs> in Harlem for whatever reason. They have this obsession with sneaking in your garden. That's all I think of. That's all I think of as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he's incarcerated, basically. You've seen it in the trailer of The Defenders. He gets out of incarceration, and he begins to do his thing, and then all of a sudden they all kind of come together and defend New York ah, City as Defenders. I cannot wait to see the 
Oh so my I'm god. I, I, oh. Yes, I lost. I can't yeah, win as well. Cage is a badass. Man. He's amazing. And I hope at some point in the Defenders they pay homage to his throwback original outfit with the That'd chains be great. around him and the puff of yellow collar. That'd, That'd be great. Be, That'd be awesome. They did a small one in his show, but it'd be cool to like for some reason he has to like do it again, and he's just like, sweet Christmas. Right. Say they're looking at all their episodes or whatever, and then you see it in the back. That'd be cool. Just That'd like another cool one. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. Easter egg. Something little, like that. A little something. A little mm-hmm. something to get you by. A little sensu exactly. bean. Get you, get you levels up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and finally, we will move on to Iron Fist. Oh, God. I had high hopes for Iron I Fist. I <laughs> had so many high hopes for Iron Fist. Listen. 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 Okay. If you want to watch Iron Fist, we reviewed it. You can go listen to the review. There's full spoilers to catch you up. But here, here's the deal. Just know that he's an integral role in the storyline of the Defenders. His, his hand glows with chi. <laughs> and he's very Caucasian. We gave it a... We were lenient on our yes, review, I think. I think. I, we were hyped for Iron Fist, and it just <laughs> didn't turn out the way we wanted to. I'm hoping in Defenders he can at least use both hands. That's what I... Yeah, what I don't understand hell? what that's about. I, oh, it's God. not like in the comics he had to just... Train one hand for so long no. to unlock the second one. No, no this that's... is ridiculous. Like, he came out of Kung Mun ready to go. And exactly. I, uh, unreal. But yes, uh, basically Danny's story picks up right with the the series left off. He's he's trained more as Iron Fist, and he's back at his company, and it's kind of going smoothly or whatever. And then the main antagonist uh, from Alien, uh, not from Alien, but the actress from Alien. Right. The, not Winona Wire, but whatever. Everybody knows who she is. She's going to be the main focal point, and that kind of loops in with Jessica Jones because she's also a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lawyer, or the girl that plays Trinity in The Matrix is uh, the lawyer in Jessica Jones, but everything gets kind of interweaven. You get to see reoccurring characters from Luke Cage. Uh, Misty, I think Misty Knight's in that show, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I could be. I need to fact check on that one. But um, the cop that is trying to hunt down everybody, including Luke Cage, want to put him away, is kind of integrated with Jessica Jones. That's kind of how they all get started in the Defenders. So, we have some poll results from uh, another another Google Plus community poll that I put out on who their favorite Defender was. But before we get to that, Bilky, who is your favorite Defender out of the four? We have Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. If I had to go off my original just love for the... Wrote, it would be Daredevil. Oh, yes. Because I'm fascinated by Daredevil. I'm also fascinated. Complete badass. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever change that. But I think out of the what I've seen off TV and these new TV shows, I'm still going to hold Danny Rand as my favorite. All because right. Because I think he has All the right. potential to really come full circle and do something amazing. I so. completely agree. I think if they just give him a little bit more meat and, like, just kind of fix him up a little bit, you know. If they That's give him, if they redeem him in this series, I think Iron Fist will be up there for me as well. But mine is is hardcore Daredevil. I've, I've, I love Daredevil. I remember the '90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon when they had like the, right. the, the that little team up for like three episodes. <laughs> Phenomenal. And I even remember watching uh, as a younger kid uh, before the Ang Lee Hulk came out. My grandma made me watch the '70s Hulk uh, nice. from back in the day. So oh, what's his name? Who uh, <laughs> Lou Ferrigno? Yes, with yes, Lou Ferrigno. With Lou Ferrigno, yes. With Lou Ferrigno. And there's an episode, It's an hour. it was an hour-long TV special. Very 70s. It does not hold up. But if you want to watch it, 
Pro- you could probably you probably find it on Hulu, uh, and it has Daredevil in it. And it has the bla- it's the black mask kind of like you see on on the television show. So Daredevil for me is has always been amazing. I even like the the Ben Affleck one, uh, the director's cut, not the theatrical cut. Let it be film. known. Let it be known. The only way to watch that movie, if you've never seen it before, go find the director's cut. It's still a pretty bad movie, but it helps a lot. <laughs> I like you, Ben. Like, I love you. Gonna... I love you, Ben. Don't stop being Batman, please. I love you. <laughs> well, that's a story for another day. So uh, the results were, in an astounding fashion, Daredevil won the poll. I think the last time I checked, it was like fifty-seven percent out of the four. So Daredevil, you win the poll. Round of applause for Daredevil, everybody. Well done. All right, so now let's get into what do you want to see out of the Defenders, Bilky, uh, f- from your point of view and how these shows have gone so far from what you've seen. What do you want to see most? Like, what are you going to walk away with being like, yes, that's what I needed out of Defenders? Okay. I would like to see Marvel step more towards, like, a, a drama or, like, a drama kind of motif of this show. I'm tired of seeing this slice of life almost is what it feels like this stuff's turning into. I yep. don't want... Everyone, everything to work out happy, and I don't want the problems that arise to be dealt with so quickly. Yes. I yes. want some issues, and I want some, not necessarily death to, like, big <laughs> characters or stuff like that, but I need some more serious overtones in this kind of stuff, and I want to see how these heroes can potentially rise and handle adversity. I, I completely second you on that. I think, you know, these shows are really good, and they're in this gritty reality, like, they Netflix has a good hold on that, but it's they're all so linear. It's minus I think minus maybe Daredevil season two because there was kind of two arcs in that. He had to do the Punisher first, and then he had to deal with Elektra. Right. Um, but I agree. I think there's it's just kind of like a okay, well, like it's really good and really dramatic, but they're always happy at the end. So it's, it's like why does it matter, you know? Um, and yeah, so I think you're completely right about getting that off the table. For me. I need to see Iron Fist get redeemed, and from the exactly. from the from the trailers, he looks pretty great, even in this, the action choreography. And I love how Jessica Jones is like calling him on his like on his bullshit all the time. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. There, if you haven't seen the trailer, there's there's a, oh the scene where they're sitting in the the Chinese restaurant, and she asks him like, "What's your deal?" And then he's like, "Oh, I can sub and chi into my hand," and then she's like. No, you can't. <laughs> Shut up. Like, just very blatantly, just she no. Play no, she does not be Ezra. I, I love, I love Jessica Jones. She's like spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what I need to see. And I also, I think I need to see, I think I need to see Electra be very night and day different from the Electra we got in season two because that was kind of Electra light for me. Being like so, in, in the, like I've read a lot of Electra and Daredevil. So when you know when you see that version of Electra, it's not really her because the Electra we get in the comic books has died and come back. So this version of Electra needs to be like what I read or what I have read right. over the various amounts of years, where she's not quite as sassy and you know flirtate. Well, she's still flirtatious. She's still Electra. You that's know, what part I mean? of her. Character. Yeah, that's just part of her character. But she's more. She's just more you know dark, and she's more of a killer because of the she's. Fully embraced being the black the, the black sky at mm-hmm. this point. So, yeah, that's that's those are my two huge monumental takeaways uh, for for the defenders. Yeah. I like it, if, and I agree. If you're gonna bring 
a comic book world into real life, you're going to have to make changes that suit what the people need to see. Not everyone wants to see happy go lucky. <laughs> we did it, and we let's did it. hold hands and jump up for that. We're the defenders, yeah. Exactly. This is not the Wonder Twins. It's no, be something God, else. It's not the Wonder Twins. Uh, <sighs> a bucket of water. <laughs> I don't need that. I need Electro throwing daggers in forehead. You ever think so. of like, what if there was like a ghetto Wonder Twins? Like they, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> like they link up and they're like, form up, deck, ice cold forty, <laughs> ice cold forty. That's Amazing. Be, I think that would be great. Oh, uh, anyways, let's get into if you want to read, and uh, basically this is the part of the show where we give you some comic book recommendations, reading literature recommendations, what we've been watching, what we've been seeing, stuff like that. Milky, have you done anything cool lately that you want to put in our if you want to read section or checked out that you can think of? I am going to go back to my Archie comics real quick. I do think that yes. you should check those out. Not necessarily Betty and Veronica. Not no, not Betty. If it and says Veronica. Archie in big letters, read it. If it says Betty and Veronica, you might want to skip that. Oh one. man! But I don't know. That might be it for me this week. I, I can. Uh, I'll check my sources real quick. What do you got for me, Derek? I got the Man Without Fear. It's a classic, classic Daredevil story that was done by uh, John Romita Jr. and uh, Mark Millar. It is. The essential, one of the essential Daredevil stories, I think, because it gives you his origin, it gives you amazing art, and it just, it, you can't put it down whenever you start reading it, man. You're just going to flip through all these pages. The paneling and the writing is very good. You get to see all the main essential characters. You see how he meets Foggy, you see how he meets Electra, you see how he gets his suit, you see the kingpin, you get to see uh, the, the brokenness that is Hell's Kitchen and why he is the way he is. And it's, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing story if you ever get a chance to read it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a definite if you want to read. And especially since The Defenders is coming out, uh, that's definitely one that you want to read if you like Daredevil. 100%. Yes. Did you check your sources, Bilky? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm so just caught up on Game of Thrones right now. That's all I can think of. <laughs> hey, Game of Thrones is honestly amazing. What's been happening on Game of Thrones? We'll put a light spoiler alert out there if you want. For a quick spoiler update on Season 7 of Game of Thrones, Daenerys is finally making her way towards Westeros and Castle Rock with her massive army of the Unsullied. She's got allies by her back. She's got three full-grown dragons just Jesus. at the helm. And... On the other side, the Lannisters are shitting themselves low-key. Oh, no. Things are not going the way they want them to, and the army of the dead are upon us. Oh, God. Winter is coming. That Game of Thrones is real right now. <laughs> that sounds sounds great. I, you know, I'm one of those nerds that just didn't... I didn't hop on the trend. I'm not a medieval guy. I'm just not a... It's okay. <sighs> Maybe we'll have to start a little a little Game of Thrones segment. You, you Perhaps. I'll people. let you plug. It'll be your, like, Bilky's Game of Thrones segment every week. That's we'll just let you. We'll let you go full blown spoilers. Yes. All right. <clears throat> so we're gonna close it out. It's gonna do it for us here today at a little bit of nerd. First of all, I'd like to give a big thank, uh, thank you, and shout out to our official unofficial sponsors of the podcast because they're not actually sponsors, but they help us get this thing done. Yes. And we want to say thank you anyway, without them having to put a dollar behind our our production because that's honesty. Because we love you. Because we love you. We're for the people. <laughs> always. We are always for the people. We're going to thank podcast.com. It's the best place to host a podcast because it's 100% free with no limits on storage, seamless iTunes integration, and optimized search engine advertising. So it's easy to find your podcast when you host on podcast.com, Bilky. 
It's delicious. I love it. Another one is uh, Comixology, as always. It's the best resource for getting comic books on the web. Its integration with Amazon makes it easy to find all your reading recommendations, as well as, like, Man Without Fear. Probably Archie is on there. If they are, I'll link them, link them all below. <laughs> all of the comic books that Kyle mentioned in that interview, I will link below as well, just for you guys. You don't have to do that much work. And, and, Bilky, if you sign up for Comixology right now, what happens? You can get discounted deals on various Defenders comic books, mainly Daredevil titles and any titles that have Avengers characters in them. They're like 60% off right Ooh. now. Yes. So right now you can go on there. I think they have uh, another great essential Daredevil story. It's uh, Born Again. That was written by Frank Miller. And that's the one that put Frank Miller on the big uh, up and ups and before he did Sin City and The Dark Knight Returns. That story is phenomenal and you can get that for like six ninety nine. Normally the volume trade of that is like Fifteen dollars. Oh, that's, that's like crazy good. It's a good deal, and you're getting a good book. Yeah, you can always find us on iTunes, and uh, you can find us on podcast.com if you don't like iTunes or you have a weird Android phone for some mm. freaking reason. Whoa. You can follow. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Jalen Holston and Bilky. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at L D Bilks, and you can find me on Snapchat Natalie. <laughs> no, okay, not, no snaps. Not yet. We'll get it maybe one day. One, maybe if we get enough clout, I think Snapchat could happen. Potentially. I like to tease them, though. Mm. Make them want it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back next week with our actual review of the Defenders. Once we sit down and binge it, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be great. And we'll catch you guys next time.